Three years ago, my wife and I were traveling up to Boston for a college reunion. And if you've never traveled to Boston before, this was in the fall. So it's the perfect season to visit. The leaves on the trees are multicolored, red, orange, and yellow, all different shades. And the weather is still just perfect enough to feel comfortable. <laughs> it's not too hot and not too cold. Well, when we booked our trip, we were looking to save money, but still be close by campus. And the hotel options at the time were pretty expensive. So we were looking at different options. So we decided to look at this new app called Airbnb. And it allowed us to book the basement of someone's house in the Cambridge area. And I didn't have to check in at a desk. There was no room key that I had to keep a hold of. I never even met the host in person. It was all handled via the app on my phone. And this was kind of a new experience for us. And we ended up having a great time. And that was years ago, but it was our introduction to Airbnb, which is the company we're covering today. Welcome to Stock Stories. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to Stock Stories, the show where we decode the business behind the stock. Hi, I'm Alex Mason, your stock storyteller. And my wife and I went from not knowing anything about investing to becoming financially independent by 30 years old. And we did that by investing in the stock market. Now, this is a show that explores the fundamentals of how businesses work and teaches you to become a better thinker. And we're studying every S&P company together, all the companies in the S&P 500 and more. And today we're going to talk about a new company. So you ready? Let's go. In 2007, friends Brian Geske and Joe Gebbia were living in a loft in Soma, which is the south of market neighborhood of San Francisco. And they were going there to attend a conference for industrial designers. And they thought it would be cool to not just go to the conference, but also since hotels in the area were pretty hard to come by because they were booked up, they thought it would be cool to rent out space in their loft in order to help other conference attendees. So they thought it'd be a great way to network and also help pay their own rent. <laughs> they invented airbedandbreakfast.com, which allowed other conference attendees to rent out their space to each other as well. So it wasn't just for them, but it was for now other people. And it started out as this cool way of, of creating connections between like-minded people who were going to the same event. So the idea quickly took off. It became a popular website in some circles within the San Francisco area, the founders thought, hey, this could become a company. In 2009, they got accepted into a program called Y Combinator. And if you don't know what that is, it's a well-known startup incubator in the Silicon Valley area in California. A lot of startups make it to the next phase of funding because of this particular incubator. So it's a really big deal for a lot of entrepreneurs and founders. And Airbnb was one such company that did get funded. At this point, Airbnb expanded from people renting out their apartments to allowing every piece of real estate imaginable. Now you could rent out not only your apartment, but also things like tree houses or igloos or private islands. Anywhere where you have access to real estate, you could rent it all. 
by mid-2012, they had over 10 million bookings on their platform. So they were just really growing fast. And then they began to move outside of the U.S. to other countries like Australia and Singapore. Now, in 2014, the mayor of San Francisco actually signed a law into existence to allow short-term rentals, and it was called the Airbnb law. And this was a big deal because traditionally from a legal perspective, many places around the United States have not allowed for short-term rentals because of ordinances and also cultures that were more geared toward long-term rentals like apartments, your traditional apartment building situation. For short-term housing, it's pretty much hotels and motels that have traditionally had this market all to themselves. And that being said, Airbnb has still struggled in some municipalities and regions because local governments are just not that friendly toward short-term rentals and Airbnb is part of that market. Now, in fact, there are many neighborhoods or individual buildings where short-term rental services like Airbnb are just not allowed still. Now, I remember I used to live in a building like this. It was a wonderful building, but the condo association documents specifically stated that the shortest lease term allowed for use in the building was three months. So I could never Airbnb our condo, even if I wanted to, even though location-wise, it would have been great for potential renters. It just wasn't allowed based on the governing body for that piece of real estate. So now in spite of pieces of legislation like that, that prevented Airbnb from expanding in some places, they still expanded rapidly and became very successful. Now, over the last decade, the company has expanded into other products, things like high-end luxury rentals and things they call experiences, which allow you to hire a tour guide to get help at a new destination, for example. And the company received more and more funding to the point where they finally went public in 2020. Now, if you're getting value out of this episode, I would really appreciate it if you just tap that like button. Thank you so much. let's talk about the business model of Airbnb. First of all, why does this company exist? Why do people use it? Well, it allows people to stay in different locations over short periods of time without the traditional restrictions of hotels, but with the coordination of an app on your phone. So it makes it really easy. So the company serves people who want to travel. That's who their customer is. Now, whether you're traveling on business or for a family vacation, you can use Airbnb to book a few nights somewhere. Now, based on the trendiness of the featured locations, though, Airbnb seems to cater more toward vacationers or people traveling for leisure because they really play up that fun aspect of travel, especially with their experiences product. Now, all of this real estate is supplied by a community of hosts and hosts are central to the platform. Hosts actually own and or have the right to access the property. And they're the ones who make sure the property is clean, that it's organized, that it's ready to stay in. And they're also the ones who market and list the property on Airbnb's app. So this is the marketplace business model. You have travelers who want a place to stay, and then you have hosts who have a property they wanna rent on a short-term basis, and Airbnb helps them come together. And there are hosts who make a lot of money doing this. I actually have a friend up in Chicago. They have a whole house that they rent 
and they do this periodically on the platform and it's just a great way to make some extra money. And of course, Airbnb makes their money based on a cut of each transaction. So they make money on fees that they charge the buyer when they make a purchase. Now, is there a clear competitive advantage with this business? Well, they have a big network. They have over 4 million hosts, 800 million guests. And the interesting thing about this is over 86% of their hosts are actually outside of the United States. So they're in over 220 countries, which is basically the whole world. And that's something that I think speaks to their network effect. Now, one thing we have to talk about is, of course, the elephant in the room, which is the pandemic, <laughs> COVID-19. This definitely affected Airbnb and revenues did decline. What I found interesting, though, is that revenues only declined by 30% between 2019 and 2020. And we'll look at the financials in just a moment. But to me, this is indicative that people that are, are still using the platform, even when there are quarantines going on, there's general global unrest because of the spread of the virus. And to me, that indicates that the network is growing and the business overall is getting stronger. Even though we're in this quasi COVID world right now, there's still a lot of people who are traveling locally. People want to travel and Airbnb is a recipient of this long-term trend. So let's go ahead and look at some of the financials. I'm just on the ticker platform and I'm typing in ABNB. That's a ticker symbol for Airbnb. And what we're going to do is just go straight over to the financials over the last several years. And the thing I want to look at first is revenue. Okay, this is the revenue picture. We can see that they were going up and up and up. They had over two and a half billion in 2017, climbing all the way to 4.8 billion in 2019. And oh, uh oh, COVID happened, 3.3 billion in 2020. But look at what happened in 2021. 2021, we saw that the business reached almost 6 billion in revenue, which is pretty incredible. So they've rebounded really fast from this pandemic. And I think that's pretty indicative of the strength of their network. So revenues is one thing to look at. Okay, going on to the net income. Okay, this is a problem for me. <laughs> net income, negative, 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 negative. This is a business that's losing money, <laughs> losing money because they're investing so much in their platform. And obviously they had a lot of costs during COVID. They just spent a lot of money that they just didn't see back in profit. So that was a problem for them there. Let's look now at the balance sheet. The balance sheet tells us what the company owns versus what the company owes. And we can see that from a cash position, they've actually been increasing their cash pretty nicely, which is good to see. You always want to see a business that has a lot of cash. And then as far as their debt, they used to not have any long-term debt, but then the past couple of years, they started piling on a couple of billion so now they have about $2 billion in long-term debt. Nothing too crazy there. So let's go to the cash flow statement really quickly. And the cash flow statement tells us the money actually going into and out of the business. So cash from operations tells us how much money is actually coming through the business. And we see that they actually made a lot of progress this year in 2021, over $2.1 billion in operating cash flow, which is great to see, especially given the trend previously where they weren't making much cash at all. They were investing really heavily in their business. 
But one thing I want to point out to you that stuck out to me when I was studying this business earlier is this line right here, stock-based compensation. This one kind of bothers me. Look at this stock-based compensation. They were not really compensating themselves a whole lot, 2017, 2018, 2019. Now, 2020, that's the year the company went public. And so naturally, the owners wanted to cash out. And cash out, they did. <laughs> not only did they raise a lot of money from the IPO itself, but they issued themselves a lot of stock. So they issued themselves over $3 billion worth of stock in 2020. And in 2021, they issued themselves almost $900 million. Now, to me, this seems excessive just because if we can go back to the revenue real quick. So total revenue in 2021, they made about $6 billion in revenue. And if we go to the cash flow statement, their stock-based compensation was almost $900 million. That's a huge chunk of their revenue just going straight back to them. So as a potential investor in this company, it worries me a little bit that they're rewarding themselves that much. Okay, I think that there are a lot of risks to this business. In particular, the travel restrictions due to the pandemic is probably the most obvious risk. There's a lot of competition for buyers in this space. I mean, there's competitors like VRBO, major hotel chains, independent hotels, and there's also people that opt to stay with family and friends. So those are reasons why people wouldn't stay at Airbnb. It seems like Airbnb's main way to fight this trend is by expanding its network in every way possible. So they're spending a lot of money on marketing. They have a host advisory board to engage their community and other initiatives like that. So they are doing some things to try to make that network really strong. Customer experience is also a risk. I mean, I stayed in Airbnb, one time it was really dirty. The experience was not good. I had to get a refund and that was not a fun process. So now my family, typically if we're going to use Airbnb, we stay at a super host's house because they tend to have a lot more reviews and a lot more of a reputation for a great property. So that's something that you're not going to get with Airbnb versus a hotel chain, like a major hotel chain. Usually things are pretty standard and there's a much more stringent system of a consistent experience, whereas Airbnb are focused on the uniqueness of the experience that they're trying to give their customers. So is this business growing fast? Yes. Is there a path to profitability? Yes. They even have a strong network and I understand the business model. All those things are great. The bottom line is though, I don't really trust management to allocate capital in my interest as a potential shareholder. That's something that I'm worried about because they're spending massive amounts of money to build out this platform, lots of money on advertising, lots of money on building their network, all good things, but they're also spending a lot of money on stock compensation and just general expenses like for their payroll. And I don't really like that as a potential business owner. I'm not sure they're being very prudent with their capital. So I don't see a lot of evidence yet that they have the discipline with that capital. So at this time, I'm not going to invest. That's what I think about Airbnb, but I wanna know what you think. Is this a stock worth buying or not? Let me know in the comments below. And if you're hungry for more, I've created over 200 episodes, free episodes on different companies, different mental models. So click the link in the description if you wanna find out more about that. Thank you so much and I'll see you on the next one.